The mental side of golf is arguably the most important part of the game, and yet it's something that a lot of us don't think that much about, I mean, myself included. But it is something that my boss Sam Wyman does think a lot about. He wrote a book called Win at Losing, and he's constantly thinking and writing about the ways that we can think better on the golf course, starting with how to think better after you get a bad break that leaves you in an unlucky spot. Let's break it down in this episode of the Golf IQ Pot. Hi, so Sam, a bad break in golf is something we all know and we all hate. They happen to every one of us, no matter our skill level. So let's talk about the two possible ways we can handle that situation. The good way to handle that situation, which we'll get to. Mm -hmm. But first, the scenario that we all have mm -hmm. no doubt done at some point. We let one bad break after a good shot send us into a downward spiral. So let's take it back to that moment. You hit a good shot. You think it's going to, it's tracking the pin. You think it's going to turn out well. And all of a sudden, a weird kick into sure. a bunker. And, you know, you're annoyed. Right. So I guess, what should we do? Well, um, speaking from experience. Um, you, have, you have deep experience in downward spirals. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I, have, uh, I have less experience with the good shot part of it. But what I perceive to be an okay shot ends up in a terrible spot. This happens all the time. And then for whatever reason, it doesn't draw the outcome I was expecting. And then I start... Uh, lamenting it i start mm -hmm. you know thinking there are all these forces conspiring against me and i allow it to carry into my next shot maybe even the rest of the round it happens all the time i start thinking oh my god if only for not hitting that sprinkler head uh, i would be you know even par through three and now i'm four over and there's nothing productive coming out of that and 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 worse it suddenly puts a, a negative I have a negative uh, vibe over every shot. Yeah, and this is a really important point. It's actually something that we talked about after your awesome cover story with mm -hmm. Joel Damon, that you were hitting a bunch of good shots that day, mm -hmm. and then you hit one not so good shot, and then suddenly you're allowing this one shot to sort of, cata you're catastrophizing yeah. it, right? You're letting it spiral, and it becomes indicative of like, oh, well, you know, if I did this shot, then I could hit other shots like this and my round could go south. And that really is the worst possible thing you can do after a bad shot or an unlucky shot, right? A hundred percent. And what I did that day when I do often is I'm suddenly, it's like a negativity bias, right? Mm. We all have this negativity bias where, you know, for me, I probably hit X number of good shots that day, but the, the bad shots and the bad breaks, you know, weighed much heavier in my mind. Mm. And I adjusted to those way more than I was adjusting or thinking about the, the positive shots and and my inability to to move on from that and compartmentalize those bad shots was a huge mistake because and I think we're going to talk about what good players do you know what good players do is they accept them to be isolated events mm -hmm. that have nothing to do with what happens in the future other than the fact that you have a lie and a shot you have to execute but they move on from it i think again bad players and i'm putting myself in that category tend to spend a lot of time on all the things that went wrong and 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 they're in and they're unable to move on from it as a result yeah they start focusing on what went wrong uh what could have gone right that mm -hmm. was a big thing for me as a junior golfer you know i wanted to hit this shot so well or i wanted to make this putt so badly that you know i hit the putt it doesn't go in and then i start 
redoing it over and over in my mind. Oh, you know, it actually broke more this way. How, you know, I've been practicing this. How did I let that slip? And all of a sudden you're walking to the next hole, but so much of your energy is focused on something that's already happened. And it's sort of creating, as you were saying, this like feedback loop, this spiral of, oh, you know, if, why did I do this? Why am I doing this? And suddenly everything moving forward is taking on this like negative frame of reference, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah, and so I think that brings us nicely to the things that we see tall players do right. so well. So let's go back to that shot. You know, you hit a good shot, you like it in the air, takes a weird kick into a bunker. Yeah. Like, how is like a tall pro handling well, something? Well, like before we get to tour players, let me just tell you a yeah. story about just like an average club player like myself and, and how someone handled it really well, mm -hmm. uh, which differs from the way I would handle it. I'm in this, you know, inconsequential member guest match against the guy, hits a shot into the right. Um, you finally find his ball. It's buried in the rough and it's almost embedded to the point where I say, I think you can get a drop here. Mm -hmm. And he looks at the lie and he says, ah, I've gotten good breaks all day. Uh, I'll hit this shot. And he sort of crouches down and and just takes kind of a huge whack at it, hits it on the green and makes par. It was an incredible, <laughs> an incredible shot. And what made it incredible was not only because it was, um, you know, a severely difficult lie to emerge from, but his ability to just say, eh, this happens, this is part of golf. I've gotten good breaks all day, which no one ever does. Yeah. No one ever thinks about all the good things that went their way. Yeah. And saw it as an opportunity to do something really special, which he did. And for me, that really stuck with me because yeah. it just showed the difference between like a winning mindset of being grateful for for the opportunity you had and then being able to sort of move on from what was probably a still was a really bad break and just realizing that's part of the game. Yeah. And it like I, f I feel like this is like a cliche that pops up in golf all the time that sometimes like the best golfers are the ones that like maybe aren't the smartest or the ones who don't like think too deeply mm -hmm. about this because an event will happen and then they'll just move on from it. You know, they hit a couple bad shots in a row and they're not really fretting it. They're just on to the next one. And there's a certain inevitability that like, well, I might hit this one good or I mm -hmm. will hit this one good. And I think that speaks to something that you were talking about earlier, whereas, you know, Joel Damon, the guy you played with mm -hmm. on the cover story or just pros in general, they tend to treat these bad shots as isolated events. So I guess like, for, you know, for the viewers, what, what does that mean exactly? Well, I mean, what it means essentially is that what, hap what happened uh, on your second shot mm -hmm. should have no bearing on what you do on your third shot. It's, mm -hmm. it's in the past. It, you know, it, has, it has no relevance to your ability to execute the next moment. Mm -hmm. And your ability to move on from it is not only going to be beneficial for you from you know, just being able to, to focus on what you're having, but you're not, you're not planting this negative seed in your head. We all have this, again, this negativity bias where we tend to focus more on on the bad outcomes and you know the good players are just able to move on you know they they're in the in the sports psychology world they talk about the the internal locus of control the external locus of control so everything that happens uh in the past is external it's outside of your control mm -hmm. the 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 things you can control are the things in internal locus of control yeah. so when we say it's an isolated event you're saying okay that's over put it away i'm not going to focus on things i I have, you know, some say over and you're moving on. Yeah. And it's like, that's really the key quality that good golfers have, right? That they're able to treat one event and put it behind. Uh, once an event happens, they can put it behind them and then move on to the next mm -hmm. one without spending too much of their energy thinking about it, dwelling on it. And that allows them to just kind of keep moving forward, yeah. right? 
I think you know it's worth noting that that most people think oh um, good golfers uh, don't see the trouble in golf they don't see the challenge in golf that's not true mm-hmm. I think the best golfers see that golf is hard yeah they realize that that things go wrong you can't control everything and so they they weigh everything accordingly you'll hear Tiger Woods you know talk about you know a you know, in the, at the height of his career, hitting an approach shot to 20 feet, yeah. where we're watching on TV, we're like, that wasn't that good. And he'll be like, that was an amazing shot. Yeah, you, you know, see this all the time with pros. They'll right. pick up on these little moments that the rest of us don't even realize are happening. You know, right. they'll talk about these, like a four foot par putt on the seventh hole, or to your point, like a wedge shot to 20 feet after a series of missed greens or whatever. They're able to identify these moments and in some way, just spin them into like a positive momentum right. shifter for their round. And that's like, I think it stems from a level of humility, you know, understanding that, that like a lot of golf is, is a lot of elements are outside of your control. And so when you do something well or relatively well, or it's not catastrophic, that's worth celebrating and, and building on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about all the time, US Opens, good bogeys. Why do guys, why do guys, um, you know, learn to accept bogeys in U.S. Opens more than they accept it, you know, at the Waste Management in Phoenix because they know it's really hard. Right. You know, they're framing that whole week differently than any other week. And they're able to say, okay, everyone's getting bad breaks this week. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to make a double bogey at some point. So my ability to make, you know, a bogey in a situation where it could have been a lot worse, they start saying, oh, that was pretty good. You know, I can, I can work with that. Yeah, and so ultimately just to kind of wrap this, our advice to golfers like us when we have a bad break Mm -hmm. is to say, do your best to leave what's already happened behind you. That's like the big one. That's the big one, sure. Right? And then there's also, try to reframe anything you can as a a chance to do something positive, right? Right. Um, That, you know, even if it's it's a short putt for bogey, just that could be a win in the, with the right sort of mental frame. Right. Yeah, I mean, I would say like there's there's all kinds of positive outcomes from a really bad break. You know, one is, um, yes, you hit this miraculous shot out of a terrible lie and you make birdie. OK, let's that's unlikely, mm-hmm. but that's a possibility. But another sort of positive outcome I'm using air quotes is this you know, potentially catastrophic event was just just bad. It yeah. ended up being, you know, ended up being, you know, a five when it could have been a six mm-hmm. and my ability to limit the damage there and then move on is worth celebrating and worth building on as well. Yeah, and you can build a good round off of that too. A hundred percent.